Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones. We are going back to the Nao movies for another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. And I'm one of your favorite moviegoers, Felipe. And as always, I'm joined by the titular Naomi. Naomi, how have you been, my queen? Um, I just want to say that in the outtake of this, you said grab your podcast, which is also a very funny thing to say. I'm grabbing my podcast and I am logging on to watch this deranged movie of the week of the month. It's it's almost like I I chose options that Violence. were dumb and then turns out they were dumb. I can't wait to talk <laughs> about this movie. It felt like a fever dream, but we are not alone. We are joined by the wonderful pilot of the pilot season, but more importantly, the host of the brand new Interesting Cats podcast. You also may know him from his appearance on NGOG or Renap. Or, or just uh, being like a really good community. friend. Yes, community building. He's he's everywhere. He's just the best. It is the amazing Michael J. Clark. MJC, how are you doing, buddy? I said flee, pay, nay. How oh. are ya? Isn't it a lovely day? <laughs> oh, I can't believe this movie's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Sure is. Big oi. Um, hello. Hello, how are you doing, MJC? I'm I'm wonderful. Um, no, I'm not. I'm unwell. I, I watched <laughs> I watched James the Giant Peach today, gang. Yeah, um, I did. We're gonna have nightmares comment. tonight. Oh, same. Uh, Will the Great Davis Comma Will said I sent a photo of me watching this movie, and he said, "As long as Timothy Chalamet is away from this movie, then it'll it'll be a good time." I was like, "No, sir, it was not a good time." Terrible but time. honestly, they did pick the wrong Roald Dahl book to involve Timothy Chalamet in a project. He could have he could have done the Matilda? reboot of Dreams of the Giant Peach. <laughs> That's a okay. hot take. That's a hot take that Timmy Chalamet would have made this movie better, or just a remake of this movie better. Because there has been a lot of remakes talked about for this movie, just in general. People really want to see James and the Giant Peach again. For what reason? For what reason? I don't fucking know. Roald Dahl has this weird fascination of abusive adults and sad children. Anti Noted anti-Semite Roald Dahl, correct. Yes. So, all his books are deranged, and we are talking about one of his adaptations. Uh, premiering on April 12th, 1996, this movie came out, and that is my mother's birthday, and this was not a good birthday present for her. I can attest. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think that, like, this directly impacted her 96 and like ruined her year 
I don't think she even knew about this movie until my brother was in James and the Giant Peach, the play, when he was in first grade. I asked him what character he was, and he has not gotten back to me. So we'll hopefully get an answer by the end of this podcast. Yeah, we, we but, need to know. The, the public yeah. is clamoring. So MJC and Naomi, why did you two pick this movie for our trip to Naomi movies this, this week? Michael, well, take it away. Well... Naomi cannot take credit for picking this film. Uh, this was uh, this was a me selection. Um, so the most recent one that you guys did uh, was Stuart Little, correct? And so yes, um, I was just thinking in the oeuvre of like late nineties movies that were like kids movies, but were just kind of like kind of effed and kind of like. That was that was like children's entertainment at the time. <laughs> it was just um I don't know why this like was front of mind, but I was like, can we do this? And uh God bless you, you two. You both agreed to it, probably not knowing what you were getting into and having to I watched on one X because I'm a professional. I did too, um barely. Well and also I knew that this was like a Tim Burton produced thing, so I knew it was going to be weird. I did not know that it was going to have a Randy Newman score. <laughs> I, Oscar nominated. Oscar one nominated. of the most insane turns it could possibly have. Um, yeah, I would describe this movie as if your babysitter showed it to you and you were too young, they would have gotten fired because it is so fucked up and so weird and traumatizing and so when i was a kid i remember that one of my big one of my big scary things was ursula's song from the little mermaid mm. poor unfortunate souls and i had a disney cd that had that song on it and it would scare me every time i listened to it i hated that song and this is like a, a an hour and a half of poor unfortunate souls this movie is so <laughs> scary I would have shit my pants as a kid if I saw this movie. I hated every second of it, but I'm so glad yeah. that we can talk about this. And I do want to encourage people, like, go back and look at this movie, just a couple scenes, and understand, like, what we suffered through. Now, okay, one thing I will say uh, positive about James and the Giant Peach, 80 minutes. <laughs> Hour 20, and you're done. Like, all right, I'm okay with that. Five of those are credits in the beginning and the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, because yes. you know that Disney Plus uh, loves to have like 10 minutes full of credits. So Yeah, no, uh, I did post that I was watching this movie in the Post Show Recaps Discord, and Grace said this movie traumatized her as a child, and I said this movie traumatizes me as an adult. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we, we're yeah. going to have a bunch to talk about, I'm sure. So, Naomi, and... So MJC explained his backstory with this movie. What is your backstory with this movie? This is, I, I said this because MJC was talking about how if he didn't pick this movie, he would have picked Jungle to Jungle, a, a Tim Allen movie. And I would describe both of those. And this is like like what Fern Gully falls under is you go to the video source, you go to the blockbuster, and you see that movie cover and you never take it home. This is one <laughs> of those movies for me. Never, ever took it off the shelf. But... Uh, I do remember it very well. I think because the the peach is so iconic, but also that like, like I say, I mean the claymation peach, right? Like the idea of like climbing inside a peach is so weirdly fascinating, I think, to little kids that even if you don't ever see this movie, you think about that idea. And then also the bugs. They're so creepy. 
but they stand out. And, and, and his little claymation face, I will get to it, but holy cow, upsetting. Um, yeah. But this is just a movie that I perceived as a kid and never touched. Definitely stands out when he's crawling in the peach and like the animation takes place. And I remember that scene from, yeah. But I, like I said, I, I think I've seen this. This was very much a recess movie where it was raining outside. So they would throw it on. I think I've seen it once. I remember the scene with the ocean and the seagulls. And then I remember them like all descending upon New York City. And those are the things I could have told you about before the movie. I did not remember the the Jack Skellington pirates that they had in the middle. <laughs> I did not remember all the songs and the sing-alongs. Like, the rhino? <laughs> did you remember the rhino, the rhino? No, I do not. But the uh, soft spoilers, the rhino might be, get my MVP in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just hated James's parents. <laughs> get oh, him out. I just hated all of these people. All these people. Uh, so, do we let's, want to well, let's, through the plot? Well, let's talk, I think, some good context for this movie, uh, two, twofold. One, this movie is produced by Tim Burton, but two, yes. it is directed by Henry Selleck, who is the director who did Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, most famously. And I would say that this movie is such a precursor to Coraline. Coraline is a beautiful film that has all of the creepy elements that this movie has, but understands that there's a deeper story and, like, is much more cohesive and much more beautifully done. This, I feel like, when you think about this movie, James and the Giant Peach, as the middle ground between Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so that, I think, is just important for people to know, like, that that's the guy who made this movie. Um, a- anyways, uh, let's let's start with the plot. <laughs> this, this insane, yeah. insane so, thing. Uh, James and the Giant Peach has the distinction of being the first notes I take and taking in this new notebook so every time I look into this thing I'm gonna be reminded of this deranged property I love Scally and his ooze classic ooze um okay so we open up and James and his parents are on the beach they're watching clouds and dreaming about New York and his parents give him a brochure of New York they're talking about camels then all of a sudden a rhino cloud attacks Pause, pause. <laughs> I think you're glossing over the part that uh, makes Naomi and I irate as people who have lived in New York our entire lives. Um, they keep calling the Empire State Building the largest building oh. in, in the, the world. world. I didn't catch that in the beginning, but then when they said the largest building, I'm like, no, this is not. Abu Dhabi. This is not even the Sears in the Tower, world, darling. It's not. It's not top five in New York. <laughs> well, okay. This movie is supposed to take place in 1958, which is okay. such a weird fucking year. Like it's like, oh, we're just that was unclear to me. Smoking. I, I. It says it on Wikipedia. Hang on. Okay. Tallest building in world, 1958. I am on the case. The Chrysler building was the tallest building yes. when it was built in 1930. Yes. Like, literally, literally not even the tallest building. And before that, the tallest building was the Eiffel Tower. So none of it makes any fucking sense. No, it's, it's such vibes of, like, someone, uh, I guess, someone going back like to community. Way, well, going back to community, it, it's Britta saying, oh, I lived in New York. I know how to pronounce bagel. Yeah. Like, it's... Ugh. Yeah. 
just misinformation. But yeah, it, it's 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 a brochure that he's being handed about uh, New York City uh, with kids all over the place. It yeah, and he's obsessed. He falls head over heels for the city, and then a storm cloud kills his parents. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they gloss over the fact that like a runaway rhino from the circus is just like. All right, See hang on, guys. Dad. I don't think. Well, first, okay, the two things. One, it's an insane plot point on its own. But actually, what you're supposed to realize, which is also more insane, is there's it's two things. I looked it up. The there's a rhino on the front of the ant's car. But also, I think it's supposed to represent a thunderstorm. So my guess is either it's like a thunderstorm car accident or the ants killed the parents. Yo, either, the ants ran down. <laughs> either one is insane, right? Oh either one wait, wait, wait. I thought you were talking about like bugs, like ants the bugs. Not no, the no. ants. It took me a second. I like, These bugs killed his parents and then tried to befriend them. That would have been even more deranged. It's. I guess it's. Oh, I'd watch that movie. To be a symbol. <laughs> Like I, I think that what what the what the internet is saying is that it's really just like symbolism, but it's oh like so stupid because as a kid, like you're just gonna be like, yeah, Rhino fucking killed his parents. All right, moving on. Like I want to spend an hour and a half on the James the Giant Peach subreddit, <laughs> just like looking up theories. <sighs> that, yeah, no, I might do that after this podcast and read, <laughs> read all the theories That's the but, so he ends up moving in with his ugly aunts who are um spiker and scorpio i don't sponge. know i didn't write them sponge. 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 Yeah, sponge and spiker right yeah um and they abuse him and this is when i was like okay what's what, what's what is their situation? Are they just like adult sisters that are living together? Are they who are they related to? Because they didn't look like his parents. Yeah. Well, so maybe yeah. I don't know if they are related to like whose sisters are they? And they just kidnapped him. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe. Um, but I could like I I I'm I'm really interested in the sponge and spiker situation. <laughs> Well, I also think that there what one of my biggest problems with this movie, and I we mentioned it earlier about like Roald Dahl, but like why I think Roald Dahl stories do with more depth and nuance when they're turned into into movies, it, and why they're easy to like write, see in books. But like Roald Dahl loves to do these things where he just like makes adults like fat and ugly, and is like, <laughs> okay, so that means that they're bad and they're just they're horrible, horrible people. And like at least when you watch like movies that are sort of remakes of Cinderella or something like that like the people are mean but they're kind of justified in it they're like well I'm, I'm you know like I'm giving you a home so you need to work or whatever like but these these women are just like so grubby and cruel and like demanding but in a way that when you watch this movie as an adult you're like I feel like I know I'm supposed to hate these characters but I just don't feel that they're even realistic in the slightest they just feel yeah. no they, yeah, they're, they're cartoonish yeah, I, I just, I hate that. I wish that, like, I wish that there was just a little more, like, okay, like, Veruca Salt, right, is portrayed as, like, really, gr like, a really grubby little bratty child, and, and, and you know, Augustus Gloop even, too, but they're given more depth and more, like, nuance in film versions of these stories. It just, it, to me, was, like, 
I hated these characters. Not because I was supposed to hate them for bullying this little kid. Honestly, he kind of deserved it. He sucks. But (laughs) because they were just so absurdly grotesque and like, no, in no world do they like tell a child to fuck off. You can't see the giant peach. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. We should listen to these two women. Anyways. No, that's my no you make points. Problem they, number one. They they just, like, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, what's the point? Like, why do I care about <laughs> any of these characters? Like, nothing was plot-oriented. Like, he just wanted to get away, and that was, like, the whole basic plot. Like, also, we'll we'll get there, but this doesn't even make any sense. Like, you can't ride a peach across the ocean. You can't even ride, like, I don't know. This whole movie. Wait, 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 wait. Are we going there, Felipe? Is that what we're doing on this podcast? I I just had so many questions. I took this movie very literally. All right. But, I don't know. It's, it's... I could not be bothered with this movie. I could, I it, like the mental energy. I was trying to do so many mental gymnastics to try to make it make sense as a screenwriter. Um, no, but... has, actually, has, I... has James sung his uh, song, which sole purpose is to tell the audience what his name the is? The I want yet? song. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! First of all, this kid can't sing. Uh... Oh, that was that was rude <laughs> trying to make this child sing. Oh poor, my poor God. kid who I looked up is like a math professor now. Right. So th- this kid is like, like you could see like a Jacob Tremblay in this role when Jacob was young, but like I I was just blown away by like how how brutally unlikable the character of James is, and what you're like when I'm watching it, all I'm thinking is like the only people who would identify with James being sad are like four year olds, like the emotions are so flatly portrayed. He's lonely because he's bullied by his shithead aunts. And like, okay, what does he do with the one piece of memory he has? He sends it off into the fucking wind. What is wrong with this kid? I can't. I hated him. I hate him so much. And good riddance. Britain's better without you. Um, What about New York, though? Because now he's in your area. Uh, he's probably dead by now. He's like a little sickly orphan boy. It'll be fine. <laughs> he's like, you know, he like caught something from living. Yeah, he with, caught something. It was fifty eight. They didn't have the cure for everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I, I will never forget the "My Name Is James" song, uh, just because it's absolutely, it's the 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 first four lyrics to that song. Ready. My name is James. That's what mother calls me. Called me. My name is James. So it's always been. How long is he supposed to have been with the ants that he sometimes can't remember his own name? <laughs> My name is um shithead. Uh, good uh, James. I think it's James. <laughs> oh my god! Like even Harry I mean, Potter knows what his name is. Oh my god. Harry Potter didn't know what his name was. He James did was... not. Yeah, exactly. Felipe, yeah. I have a question for you. Um, what, which aunt is creepier to you? They were most creepy when they were full of slime in New York or whatever. So probably, like, I think, I think they're both creepy in different ways. I think facially, 
it would be nah i think it was the skinny one the skinny one was the creepier one with the with the gums aunt spiker yeah she was so creepy oh my she God. was uh, she didn't like I mean, I mean, are you into foot stuff? Like, what, what's what's going on with, with uh, seeing uh, Sponge's little uh, little piggies? <laughs> uh, luckily, we didn't get like a gross out close up. I think Aunt Sponge was just more like I thought it was funny when she got smacked in the face. That was funny. <laughs> like the spider was on her and just whack. That was a good one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah James it was very, this... it was very, it was very Home Alone. It was very, yeah. very so James sings the song. And then to the spider. And then the yes. spider, he goes to sleep. Sponge starts whacking the spider in the middle of the night, trying to kill it. And he rescues the spider and to send him out to take it outside. And then he meets this creepy man with like magical oh, you mean, you gummy mean, worms. You mean not Mr. Slugworth? <laughs> <laughs> Roald Dahl really needs, needs, uh, needed to go. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Is he Mr. Slugworth or is he like the guy standing outside the chocolate factory in like. <laughs> Act one, scene two, where like Charlie's just like looking at it. It's like no one ever comes in and no one ever comes out. And then like <laughs> just to all the roll doll characters and he's just all roll, of them. Just those two yeah. roll roll doll characters. Oh um, yeah. with uh, a, a creepy eye for sure. Oh my um, god, that was like eye. so creepy. That's all right, so so not not Slugworth gives James these one hundred crocodile tongues that are like magic. Uh, and is able to do like close up magic so James can like look out of a brick and see the New York City skyline when he's like oceans away from New York. But so he gets these 100, 100 crocodile tongues, okay? 100, like, like three digits, okay? Uh, cool, cool hunch. 100 crocodile tongues. Um, he eats one of them. And becomes a cartoon. Like, what's gonna happen if the game like eats a hundred? Like, how? How you can't trust any like young kid who is basically abused his whole life to have impulse control and like only take (laughs) one. But like, if he like if it takes one for him to like become cartoonized, like if he takes fifteen, like kid's dead. Like he he's gone. Yeah, he's just high as a kite, but also like dead. And it's, it's or it, it's like with the peach thing, it's like a honey, honey, I blew up the baby situation where he just like becomes honey, I killed the British orphan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, I think we should just smash cut to the part where a giant peach happens. Oh, yeah, yeah also- so he trips on the he trips running up the hill, drops all the crocodile tongues. And then the peach starts growing as he's being hit by his aunts. Right. Right? And then so it grows and they're like, oh, we can make a profit off this giant thing. How do we how do we feel about peaches as a fruit? I like peaches. Yeah. I like peaches too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good stone fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, like, the phrase giant peach is like a great like like, you know, James and the giant strawberry, James and the giant apple, you know, like peach is such a good like visual too. Cause most people remember how like, like squishy a peach is. I think sure. it really is like a very good storytelling device as seen by how beloved the story is. 
but it also is like very beautifully represented on screen like okay all the visuals are creepy they are interesting it's just like when you're an adult they're interesting but if you were a child you'd be scared to death like this is just how it is yep yeah no i i the title goes a long way but also like how do you think a 2021 remake would they lean into like the peach emoji of it all no 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 no. okay good i don't know i feel like they could be like oh it's like a giant butt (laughs) i don't have faith i touched the butt you like guys, a funny Nemo. Do you, you guys ever just, touch the one of one? <laughs> you guys made me eat. On, Spike, on Spikers played by J Lo. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of who the aunts are played by, Susan Sarandon. Um, no, what, no, that's who no. the spider is played oh. by. There are spiders or spider. There are two actors from the Harry Potter movies in this movie, and you name them. Or not oh, them, the, but like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Sponge is um is uh Professor uh what's your name? Sprout? <laughs> no, Professor Sprout, yes, yes Miriam Margulies. And there's one more. Ooh. Another professor. Oh, yeah. Alan Rickman. Is he in this? No. No, no. <laughs> Did Dreyfus ever uh, pop by? Uh, at was or? was Richard Dreyfus in Harry Potter? I can't say. <laughs> can't say. Uh, no, it is uh, David the Lewis, aka uh, Oh uh, Lupin, is uh, the Worm. He was also um in Wonder Woman. He's also in. Oh yes, he is in Wonder Woman. He's in Fargo, and I will say this: if anybody listening has never seen the TV show Fargo. Go watch that shit because that move that show fucking slaps. Um, but yes, that was really funny. Miriam Margulies is very funny. I listened to a podcast with her recently, and she is just like she's like your grandma who swears, and she's like hilarious. But she actually also voices the glowworm in this movie, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, double duty. Love the dual casting. We love to see it, especially in a voice and live action. Yeah, so she gets to do all the stuff. Um, but yeah, so as opposed to the, hey. the, the stupid child actor James, <laughs> yeah, fuck that kid. He should stick to math. <laughs> Not all mathematicians should act. <laughs> all right, all right. So they find a peach, and it's getting bigger. Yeah, so they they start trying to make it a profit, but they won't let any of the children come look at the peach, and then they go make him clean up at night. So and James is starved, so he eats a slice of the peach which has a worm in it. So he, he eats it and he starts bugging out and like climbing up into the peach becomes one of the bugs. Yeah. He, so. he, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a very Wizard of Oz uh, transformation. Yeah. Go from the black that, and white to the color. It, it very like that, that image when he's crawling the peach in the tunnel and the head changing that lives right free in my mind. Um, yeah yeah it's terrifying (laughs) yeah i also think that there's just this weird part of it where like okay in the wikipedia thing it says he eats his way to the center but he doesn't it just like no it's a tunnel it's a magic tunnel like and then it yeah and that's so much grosser if he eats his way to the center like that's disgusting i'm glad it doesn't happen but like wikipedia get your facts straight yeah, and somehow it rolls into the ocean after they sing a song and like introduce themselves. No, no, you're you're you're, <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself, bud. 
So um, <laughs> he, uh, the the aunts come outside to like try to yes. find it, and then uh, Richard Dreyfus uh, kicks the uh, kicks the stem off, and the 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 peach rolls away. Okay, but here's the thing, right? They're so scared of the aunts, but then in the end, it turns out they're huge fucking bugs. So no way are the ants <laughs> gonna have the upper hand here. No, no. They could just evict them from the house because fuck it. Like these ants are never gonna be able to defeat this group of bugs. Like they're so creepy and gross. I it's like you don't really the the one kind of issue I have is like because they're with this giant peach the whole time, you think you understand the scale, but until they're put next to real people, you sort of lose that sense of how big they actually are until the end where you're like, oh my God, they're fucking huge. Like, <laughs> if, yeah, if Spiker was afraid of like the spider when it was spider size, like wait until she meets spider that's, you know, like huge. Yeah. Okay, that... Felipe, I have to know which one of these bugs creeps you out the most. The centipede, probably. Richard Dreyfus. That's that's. Centipede. Yeah. Centipede. What about you, okay. MGC? Um, I don't know. Uh, probably. Yeah, but pro- pro- probably the centipede. But like you know, he's he's such like a, um, like he's a, he's he's. Well, I, yeah, I, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> For me, it's the spider. I don't fuck with spiders at any fucking opportunity. Like, to me, a big old spider is just like my nightmare. Even if they're friendly, right? Like, do you remember that show that was like Miss Spider? Like, even that I don't fuck with. Like, Charlotte's Web? Charlotte's Web. Well, that was tiny. Like, there's all these. I feel oh my like God, I could have watched Charlotte's Web. <laughs> like there's there there was this trend in children's entertainment i think from the 90s to the 2000s where like spiders were made to be very feminine motherly like creatures but they were so big that i was just like like i don't like any of that so to me i don't fuck with the spider no matter what like the spider in bug's life or whatever get it away from me too many legs and also, what they do in this movie that's so creepy that at least some other movies will not do is they gave her four eyes. If you look at her eyes, yep, yep, it's yep, yep. two eyeballs in the eye socket. <laughs> Get that away from me. No, See, you paid much closer attention to the, the features of the spider than I did. Yeah. <laughs> don't, you think you... That, don't you think that uh, the grasshopper uh, should have been played by <laughs> either Kelsey Graham or David Hyde Pierce. I get some of that oh. like, Fraser money. <laughs> Definitely. <hate> <laughs> no, he um, did. He did have like David Hyde Pierce energy. He had, he had, yeah, I was gonna say like he had big like. Uh, <laughs> big he did have big Fraser energy. energy. That's true. <laughs> but that's like, um, who does Kelsey Graham like? Well, first of all, Kelsey Graham were playing Stinky uh, Pete. Stinky Pete. <laughs> But it's something, he plays something else that I feel like is like an iconic like children's animated role, but I can't remember what it is right now. But yeah, it is a very Kelsey Grammer role. I was actually shocked to see that this was like this this character was played by somebody I didn't recognize. 
um, because he does have a very British sort of voice. And I actually like the grasshopper the best. He was kind of my favorite. Him and the ladybug. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the ladybug yep. protect her at all costs. Oh, ladybug. Spe- oh, well, well, speaking of Fraser, the ladybug, Jane Leeds. Oh, that's maybe that's where I, I like made the about. connection right there after I looked at the cast. That's it. Jane Lee Felipe was Daphne on, on Frasier. Yeah, the virgin of the Sapa Legacy. is about in the slightest. It's the prequel to Cheers. <laughs> it's the postquel to Cheers. It's the postquel to Cheers. <laughs> uh, and? And it's about the the guy named Frasier. <laughs> and his brother, played by? David Hyde Pierce. Yes. All right. Niles. David Hyde Pierce was on the show I worked on, so I, I know a little bit about it. Oh, David okay. Hyde Pierce to me, I don't know about, about you, MGC, but this is how much of a theater kid I was. To me, he was Spamalot's David Hyde Pierce. What <laughs> I knew of him growing okay. up. I he was in think... A Bug's Life, too. No, I know, and he's very funny in A Bug's Life. <laughs> but I was always like, oh, that's David Hyde Pierce from Spamalot. Nerd. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> okay. So, we then, so they're off to the races in the water. They are trying to figure out where they are, and they're like, oh, we're in the Atlantic Ocean. We're crossing. We're going to New York. Well, because the centipede is like, I've been all over the world. I know how to get there. So oh, Brooklyn! Hey! Hey! <laughs> okay, wait, I just thought of a great joke. James and the Giant Peach, more like the life of Peach Pie, because they're floating, abandoned in that ocean, baby. Thank you. Should we do like it. Pie? I like it. No, I don't want to do Life of Pi. Talk about a book my mom <laughs> asked me to read that I never read. Jeez Louise. Yeah, so they, they end up setting sail. They rope in the seagulls. Uh, poor, there was child abuse, animal abuse, and at the end there was even elder abuse in this movie, so. Yes, it was very, it was very fortuitous, by the way, that as the peach is rolling its way into the water, it rolls past uh, was it a fence or was it like a dock to like give itself a? Uh, oh yeah, it's a like little, little walkway. Yeah, I think that was like a their fence, right? Like the fence that was surrounding it, so that they yep. couldn't peek. But yeah, I, I have to say that like that whole scene, this this scene, I liked. I liked the imagination of it. The like shark tuna scene, I did not like. I did not. That scene to me was like, what the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> it was a mechanical shark. Like, what the... Like, at least make it I, I animated. Guess, yeah, I guess my big issue with this movie is, like, like make it, like, almost like Wizard of Oz, right? Where, like, it's full fantasy land and um, everybody translates to the real world or make it um, a little more realistic. Like, it felt like it was this, in, in this weird limbo of fantasy and real where things would happen, and I'd be like, this James kid should be fucked in the head from, like, almost dying in a shark attack. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, nothing happens. But turns out the bugs are real, and you're just like, what the, the fuck? The thing that annoys me at the most is the ending, because I was like, oh, yeah, and then he wakes up and he's a dream, right? Or something? And I was like, or, oh, Yeah, or no. just wakes up and, like, finds the Oh, no, no, he, he's, li- he's living in a pit. <laughs> he's it's living a metaphor. in a pit with I'm large, large insects. Yeah. Who who somehow the city of New York and the police department give custody of him to? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They they, they embrace it. They embrace it. Um, family. So yeah, so robotic shark. 
Robotic shark. Oh, shout out to Andrea, who's going to be Baby Shark for Halloween. Oh, that's really funny. I cannot think of what I'm going to be for Halloween. Oh, well. Just another just year, another bad more, costume. More stuff of nightmares in this children's movie. You should you should be, you should dress up as the Peach from James and the Giant Yeah, I should Peach. just drip, be, be the Peach. <laughs> it's a chiller Peach. Um, well, I, I have to say that something I did like about this movie is that, like, there is I actually like the character arc of the centipede a lot, which okay. is like yeah. I think a really fun storyline. But this movie like really doesn't okay. What when, when you have like a character like James who is like trapped trodden upon and is like trying to find his voice and things like that, like Charlie Bucket, right? Like they go through changes that make them um better, but at the same time they're keeping their heart. But we don't really get a heart of James. He's just nice to animals, which we never really see come up again. And <laughs> then in the end, he like stands up against the rhino. But it's like, so you're telling me you're standing up against that your parents died? Like you can still be <laughs> sad about that. It's little also kid. a fucking cloud. Like he he's he doesn't really stand up to his aunts except for like wrapping them and like almost murdering them. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't <laughs> feel like he actually went on an emotional journey that made me feel like this little kid. Uh, there was no journey. That's like I, I feel could not care less. I yeah. could not care less about this fucking movie and this fucking child and these fucking bugs. <laughs> like I, you didn't, you didn't buy into the 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 um, uh, the will they won't they between uh, centipede and spider. No, I did not. I did not buy into it. it was the whole no Ross and Rachel. That's another uh, reference you might not know, Felipe. There was a show uh-huh. in the nineties, uh-huh. early two thousands. Was uh, the uh, the the prequel to uh, episodes? And- <laughs> <laughs> Felipe, can you name the six characters on Friends? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, do you want me to do it, or do you want me to not? Yes, it? I want you to prove okay. that you can. Gunther, no, I'm kidding. Ross, Rachel, Joey, Phoebe, Chandler, and Monica. Of course. Good job. Yeah. All right. All right. Gunther and Susan and Mike and Ben and Janice. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, no, but I did have something to say. At least George Little had fucking whimsy. Like George was a whimsical character and made me feel things. Uh, the, so wait, who's George? George? Pat. No, no, that's Snowbell. No, George was whimsical. George was the brother. He was whimsical. Snowbell made me feel things because I agreed with him. Stuart made me feel things because he was a pretentious little fucker. No, I did not care about any of these characters in the movie. <laughs> not even the centipede. Or the character I cared most about was the rhino. Was the yeah, cloud. I think th- what this movie fundamentally like lacks is any sort of character motivation for anybody except for the centipede. Who like he at least goes on some small journey, but like every other character is basically just a parental figure to James, and all James does is fly across the ocean. Yeah, and I would have liked it more. So, like, we got the scene. I liked what they did with the spider and with the grasshopper when they were like explaining, like, "Oh, I've seen you before. You were the spider in my room. Oh, I heard you. You were making music." And they did that with each of the little critters. I would have cared more. Like, had a moment with each of them. Like, oh, they were with James the whole time, and he wasn't completely alone. Like, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. But, and you were there. They didn't. And you were there. And you were. And there. you were there. <laughs> my 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 mother. Whenever she says good, like sometimes we'll do goodbye now. Goodbye. <laughs> Perfect. Um, what about what about uh, getting us back on track? Maybe back on track. <laughs> Never heard. Of um, 
the the songs. Uh, oh. Besides, my name is James. Uh, there was the "That's the Life for Me" song, uh, and the "We're Family" one. I I like I like the "That's the Life for Me" song. I think I think it's a like a yeah, it's a hit. I counted four songs in total. Which one? Which one was "That's the Life for Me"? Is that the opening where they're all introducing themselves? No, that's that the "That's the Life for Me" is the one where they're talking about like what the they food? where they want to go. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was also I, the food song when they were like, oh, yeah, they got in a fight. Oh, yeah, this, this fantastic piece. It's another, it's not a bad song either. Yeah, because that, that happens right after the shark attack because then they get in a fight. Yeah, and they're, then they're, they're like, oh, it. God, like, we can't eat anything. James and like, then they eat oh, the peach. Uh, yo. <laughs> yeah, that was a very funny it. moment where all of these bugs who for whatever reason are the adults of the group are like, we don't have anything to eat in this giant peach. <laughs> but in again, this edible vessel that we are flying to New York City. Yeah, this is another example of like something that could have been done where, you know, James, maybe James is like, oh, I'm full of good ideas, but my aunts won't listen to me. Maybe he has like an idea on how to make more money off the peach or how to clean the house better, but there's no, you know, there's no, the ants won't listen to him. But instead, it's just like, James is like, everyone's like, oh my God, James, what a wonderful idea. You're so smart and you're so capable. And, like, <laughs> and you're handsome too. Why can't we show <laughs> him struggling Such a with good me? little boy. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. Like, they're just like, you sweet little prince. You're amazing. It's yeah, like, yeah, can yeah. we just show him like in the beginning not being listened to? Because really he's just yelled at. And I don't think that's the same as him like not being listened to or respected. So it turns out that uh, the centipede is a fraud and does not know how to navigate because if you look on the map, the uh, like the little loop to loop that they do where they go like they like going to the North Pole. Yeah, and honestly, this is probably like the scene that captivated my attention the most in this movie mm-hmm. um, was the Arctic scene. Um, and part of it was because it's like, oh, this is they literally took the models for Jack Skellington and put them on these nice like boy. skeleton critters. But the centipede, they expose him as a fraud. He's like, listen, I just saw the world via the pages of a book that I was stuck in between. So he yeets himself into the river, into the ocean. Um, and then the spider is like, okay, hop on, James. We're going to go rescue him. Meanwhile, he sees a compass down there and all the skeleton pirates go after him. He, he has a couple jokes in this movie that like did make me like oh this is kind of funny like uh the the one uh why do the skeletons like something about they don't have organs i don't remember the full joke and i remember that uh, no organs yes and then also when the when he jumps into the water uh the the grasshopper says he committed pesticide yeah that was the funniest (laughs) joke of the whole movie (laughs) yeah i'll allow it i'll allow it yeah but so they go, and then the spider and James rescue him. But he doesn't need any rescuing because then they come out without him. And then he's like, "Haha, I'm here. I'm a pirate now." <laughs> I don't know if I did any justice to the scene, but that's what I that that's my notes. No, you 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 did what it deserves. <laughs> uh, listen, I I I know that this is it's not fair to make the comparison because it's two different like movie studios and um. You know, one is Pixar, one isn't. But I, I find this bizarre that this is after Toy Story. Yes, I it is. 
because Randy Newman, I was reading Randy Newman partially why, so Randy Newman, for anybody who doesn't seem to know, is the guy who made the music for Toy Story. He's the You Got a Friend in Me guy, right? Sure. Literally sings. You he also got has a, a banger called "I Love L.A." That is a and and short people. <laughs> oh, yes. and the banger of "I Can't Let You Throw Your." Didn't he do? Away. That's didn't he do some? Yes, that that is a good song. He did something for Stuart Little too, right? No, uh, no. Stuart Little is Alan Silvestri. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Alan Silvestri is the Polar Express dude uh, in my head. And the um, Avengers. And the Avengers, um, but. Uh, what Randy Newman is like, and you can hear him singing the final song, right? Yep. But Randy Newman uh, got this based off of the success of Toy Story. Um, so yeah, I, I think that like the thing about this movie is that it it has whimsy, but it doesn't make any sense. No. Like what's amazing about A Bug's Life, right, is that A Bug's Life has all this fun whimsy of like turning, you know, what what would a bug world look like and things like that. And this movie is just like, oh, look at this peach pretty there's crazy no, there's <laughs> nothing to be happy about like even when james is happy you're like why do i fucking care right and like susan's like okay susan spider sarandon there's that one scene where she like builds the web for him and she basically says like no these bugs don't like me because i'm a spider and then like he just goes to sleep but i'm like this would have been a lovely time for a song where she sings a yeah. song to him or it would have been a lovely time for like you know james to get more emotional exposition but he just kind of goes to bed he's like yeah i miss my parents i'm alone good night yeah <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the um uh speaking of the susan sarandon spider uh y'all are aware of the tiktok trend that's like character fictional characters that let rail me uh, and it gets progressively oh, no. worse I saw the spider on someone. said, rail me. That was a violent option. (laughs) I saw it on someone's TikTok trend. The spider was one of the people they would let rail them. I was like, uh, hello? I had to go take a shower after that. (laughs) That uh, That was disgusting. Uh, the funniest TikTok I saw this week was um, it was like there, there's this TikTok trend going around of like nightmare blunt rotation, and it inc- uh, it was just um the onkinator that like uh thing you that have? used to guess what you were thinking, like basically by twenty questions. Oh, the the genie, the akinator. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about onk, like uh, Yuha, the Yuha Hamasaki onk. Onk, onk. No, is it akinator? What was that guy's name? Yeah, akinator, the akinator genie. Yeah. Nightmare blunt rotation that made me laugh very hard. Yeah. Have, well, we, ha, have we reached the part where James lands the peach on top of the Empire State Building and doesn't realize it? Well, so first he talks to the grasshopper. Yes, um, and, and grasshopper like, is uh, uh, plays the the violet. Yes, and then also um, uh, the the rhinos attack at one point. Yeah. So that that's what happens, and then he wakes up at the top of the Empire State Building on the peach. The peach is like doing it's very, on top of by the, the way, by the way, I, uh, I am thinking of the scene with James and the Rhino, and I wanted to say, I'm not afraid anymore, which he might say, but then I realized, like, no, that's what Kevin McAllister says in Home Alone 1. Yeah. He is yelling about not being afraid anymore, and then, uh, the, uh, kind, uh, kind neighbor just like shows up. He's like running away because he's an old man and, Buzz told a bad story. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid anymore. You hear I, me? 
okay, here's my question. Maybe I missed this. Why do you, why does he cut them all loose? Like basically he he falls to the tower and loses all of his bug friends, but why? Why does he cut them loose? I don't Did remember. he cut them loose or did they just like not show up for a while? I, I think they got cut loose, but like I couldn't fucking tell you why. I don't know why. I just remember the rhino. The no, I think he left. wanted uh, he wanted to like make sure that it was like uh, they 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 like, all saved themselves. Situation. Oh, hero's journey. Um, yeah. I I mean, like, if it sounds like we're going through this movie fast, it's because like literally that's how quickly this movie goes. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of a lot of nothing. Like, and then it's like, oh well, and uh, he lands in New York City. Yeah, and then like the police officer is like, "Why is there a kid there?" And he gets the guy. Wait, to wait, 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 wait! You can't say the police officer and not say who he is. Go ahead. Uh, that is Mike Starr, uh, and he is uh, the guy that uh, dies in Dumb and Dumber. I did not recognize. He is the guy that that uh, like the assassin <laughs> that Lloyd and Harry kill. By putting like a ghost pepper on his hamburger. <laughs> I I oh, I'm, I'm getting no sold by both of you. Nailed me. I maybe <laughs> maybe have never seen that movie because oh my, my me neither. Watch it. Oh my gosh, you youngsters! I'm, I'm I should have picked Dumb and Dumber for the stupid Naomi's instead of instead of. What did you call me? <laughs> No, I, 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 uh, this police officer was a, was clearly a comedic role, but what an insane police officer. He's like, what's stripping on me? Bitch, look yeah. up. What do you mean what's stripping on you? Like, I don't know. Pause. Pause, everyone. I just found out that the book was banned in a Wisconsin town because religious groups thought a scene featuring a spider licking her lips could be taken in two ways. That that is that is why that book is on the band. Hey, when the spider that spider starts licking her lips, you know it's going down. Mm-hmm. What is uh? What do you guys th- is 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 spider a euphemism for vagina? I don't understand. <laughs> why is a spider licking her lips controversial? Ask the religious group. Yes, I guess. I I, I don't know. That that's gonna. I, I want to pull that sound. Is spider a euphemism and put that on TikTok? What is a spider a euphemism for? Maybe like somewhere. Is, wait, the movie is banned or the book? The book. Okay, maybe like somewhere in the book, like Roald Dahl just wrote Packers suck, and like the people in Wisconsin are like, <laughs> about it, like... <laughs> suck it, Green Bay. It's out. Cheeseheads. Um. Um. Well, okay, this New York City scene is also deranged, I have to say. Please, please, please explain it. So not only does James land on the Eiffel Tower, I did like the little detail where, like, okay, now James is a real boy again. He ties himself up with spiderweb to, like, peek over the top, which I thought was a very funny detail to be like, all right, he's not going to die, kids, all right? He's not going to fall off. Because I was internally being like, oh, my God, he's going to fall off. Um and then he's just on the top of the uh, top of the Empire State Building. Did I say Eiffel Tower earlier? Sure did. I let you go with it. <laughs> ah, this movie sucks. Um, and so he's on top of the Empire State <laughs> Building, and he like has this. I don't know. Like they get him down, 
but it's like an insane sequence of like the cop being like, what's going on? And then he like rings the telephone. He's like, it's okay, it's on top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and then like they get a crane up there. How are you getting a crane up there? Uh, I don't he, know. Naomi, he did ask for the largest crane in New York. <laughs> Got me the largest crane in New York City. <laughs> the 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 firefighter who's bringing him down. James goes, "Excuse me, sir. How do I get to the Empire State Building?" Like he's on like the street corner. <laughs> like, You're on top of it, kid. Doesn't he also go like, "Excuse me, have you seen any big bugs?" And he's just like, "How big you talking?" Like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say that. Like, this movie is unhinged. I tell you, I got, I got some, uh, I got some cockroaches in my apartment. You know, they're pretty, uh, you know, inside of my pinky. Just take him to the Big Brother house with all the all the roaches. <laughs> cockroaches. Um, yeah. Oh, and Gina Marie is in New York too. Keep her away from the cockroaches. So when I was so um, so, uh, I was just gonna say when I was a kid, I was in a I was in a uh, a, a play, um, and this Into play. Uh, no, this play was written by my high school drama teacher, but in it, I played, um, and this is going to make no sense, and I will not explain the context of this until a later date, um, a bunny from Brooklyn with an attitude to match. I love it. And I, my, I was told by my drama teacher to watch my cousin Vinny and copy Marissa Tomei. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> and that voice has stuck with me through the test of time. Um, I like it. I did watch that video. I found we found the video of of that show recently, <laughs> and it's fucking deranged. That's, um, but um, I'm pretty good in it. That is that is like such a casting notice thing for like a play. Yeah, like, buddy from Brooklyn, comma attitude to match. <laughs> yeah, I did love when the centipede was like, "I'm from Brooklyn." Do you have photos of this costume? I want to see what they made you dress up, or like, can we watch this on the Nail movies? This production. Well, I, honestly, I could ask my friend because I know he has it. So I was in a, a brown velour tracksuit. I had okay, a bunny tail clipped to my butt, and I had a bunny ears and a and like a nose. I was in like four inch heels, and I carried around an Easter basket, and I basically I just talked like this, like it was that was really it. And I was thirteen. We. We have no choice but to stand. <laughs> Can I tell you that? So I've I've watched this movie, a, you know, a good amount of times when I was a kid. I think, I, I, as a thirty-five-year-old man uh, today, watching it again was the first time that I realized that uh, Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker drive their car through the Atlantic Ocean yes. to arrive in New York. <laughs> They just show up by car. What the fuck? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, dripping wet, uh, crashed so in the car. Know where to go. Seaweed in the car. Well, I guess they would know that he wanted to go to New York, but like you can't just they, they don't pay attention to, to him. There. They ripped up his little New York poster. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: they also like the the other. <laughs> They also could have like looked up and been like, "Oh, there's the peach." So like, I'm sure they like drove to Antarctica, like uh, <laughs> did the loop, the loop that they did. What I was gonna say is like, okay, the end of this movie is so unsatisfying because oh, yes. they oh, basically James comes out of the peach, and the ants are like, "Well, we're gonna take him home. We're his legal guardians. They brought the paperwork." 
And James is like, no, yes, they did not bring the paperwork. Fine. They brought a photograph of them posing in front of the peach. No, no, she whips out like a whole deed to, uh, that's like, I am the legal guardian of James. And like, and they also bust out the photograph. But they're like, oh, it's our peach. And James is like, it's my peach. It's like, who oh, the they just, cares They just drove through the ocean? No way that paper's intact. <laughs> I, who cares whose fucking peach it is? Why are they arguing about this? It's not like he's going to sell it and like make, it's not like an estate that they're fighting over. I don't know why they're so obsessed with whose peach this is. And also, technically, it was grown on a tree on their property, so it is the ant's peach. But <laughs> Possession for that test of the law. But also, then, basically, what ends up happening is, like, the, the bugs show up, and then James is like, I'm going to go live with them. And the cops were like, okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> what? I just thought, oh, I thought this ending was Again. Wait, wait, no, but you, A-cab. You, yeah, Naomi, you glossed over the part where... Uh-huh. Um, they grab axes and try to right. axe a eight-year-old boy in front of a large group of people, including police. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. I thought. Sorry. I I forgot about all the violence in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I that was. I was like, what is happening here? What am I watching? Uh, it was. It was a struggle to understand. How this movie Are you getting heavy echo, Naomi? Yeah. I'm getting echo. Like, I'm echoing? No, fully phased. No, I'm echoing. No, I'm not hearing that at all. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely hearing it. I'm hearing it too, yeah. Here, let me I don't hear nothing. Keep going. Here, let me see. Hello? Oh, no, that's oh, yeah. even worse. Oh. Okay. okay, let's just keep going. I'll fix it. I'll edit it. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so they whip up the axes, and then the spider spins them up in a web, and like takes them up on the crane, and like just like keeps them there. I guess we never get a resolution to what happens to the ants. But uh, well, the narr- well, yeah. officer, uh, uh, officer Mike Starr uh, says, uh, "Get these creeps." Out of here! Like we're at a fucking Yankees game. Like, like he's he's um, throwing them out. Like what? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, uh, you you could do something about that, there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag (laughs) ACAB. Indeed, 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 indeed. But then the narrator is just like, and that's how James Henry Trotter got out of his shitty life and found this hole in a wall to tell stories to children. In Central Park, <laughs> but before that happened, uh, they 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 had to stop the presses. <laughs> oh my God! Reporter had to run to like a line of uh, payphones to call in. What I got the hot news for you. Throw out page one. It should say, uh, "Giant Peach on top of Empire State Building." <laughs> <laughs> terrible headlines like big bugs help defeat two bad women like just like do you know what a headline is no but neither does jeff probst <laughs> it's true i guess i guess i'm trying to think of what like the uh the uh extra, like the extra daily news or the yeah. uh, or the New York Post back page or the sorry the front page because I'm used to like doing it with sports but what the front page headline would be uh it would probably be like son of a peach or like something like that. 
They're like, Peach, please. Oh, that that's good. I like that one. Um, okay, so can I just read you guys Roger, Roger parts, Ebert's sections of Roger Ebert's review of this movie? Please. Please. Almost all Disney animated films involve dead or absent parents whose departure frees their little heroes to become independent adventurers. But James and the Giant Peach wipes out the parents with so much glee, it almost seems like an inside joke. (laughs) (laughs) This movie opens with a pastel, soft-focused, live-action sequence in which little James lives an idyllic life by the seaside with his loving mom and dad. All is perfect. And then, bam! Both parents are gobbled up by a giant rhinoceros. So much for them. (laughs) And then at the end of it, he talks a lot about how, like, the animation is really good, which I have to say, I agree with him. The animation is wonderful in this movie, and it is, like, I would probably say, like, a big um, achievement in cinema at this point. I think it is really good stop-motion animation. Um, and then he ends the review with, but James finally arrives at his destination in New York, where still more adventures await him, and the rhino attacks again. Oh, and there are some songs. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was not Ebert. about this movie. R.I.P. to King. <laughs> Roger Ebert destroys. What the <laughs> uh, I love him. Um, yeah, this- I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Pause. According to Wikipedia, uh, Mrs. Glowworm becomes a light in the torch of the Statue of Liberty and is yeah, now that, James' that, that was grandmother. Of, that was uh, one of the headlines. And no. becomes his grandmother? Oh, 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 okay, okay. So, because I'm like a crazy person, when like the headlines came out at the end, where like each of them like, oh, uh, Centipede runs for mayor. and I read the headlines and did not bother reading the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think when the centipede runs for mayor, he's running on a Democratic or Republican ticket? <laughs> Libertarian. Yeah, he's he's Ooh, the guy who's yep. like, why do we need seatbelts? <laughs> no, but so like one of them was uh, Grasshopper plays the like symphony, right? That symphony, that is a yeah, cute yeah. one. Yeah, and the spider so opens the, a nightclub. Then the last, okay, the <laughs> the last headline is like. Jane's surprise birthday party and like it's all like posing and so I paused it there to like read what the article is because like I'm crazy like that and it was actually the text to the article of the grasshopper playing the symphony (laughs) well you're you're skipping over two other insane ones because yes Felipe you're right the runs for Mayor One is funny. The grasshopper is cute. The nightclub is cute. The ladybug gives birth to a hundred more children. No, 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 no. The ladybug. The ladybug is an OBGYN. She's you're, so you're saying that she helped birth the yes, squid yes. Oh no, or the squid. <laughs> I believe. I. I, I that's okay. how I read it. Okay, I thought she had given birth to more babies, which provokes That's what I the thought question, too. are these babies big ladybug size or are they regular ladybug size? Because <laughs> then you're just producing mutant ladybugs in New York City, which is a great movie in itself. You don't even need the first part. <laughs> Sequel alert! <laughs> but the other part of this is that the glowworm, yes, becomes the light in the tower. And that's just like... So she's just up there? What does that mean? Like, she just sits there all the time? She's already, like, a dawdling old lady. She doesn't know what's going on. Oh. <laughs> what a just weird providing uh, a light for the Statue of Liberty's torch. 
Listen, Lady Liberty out. needs needs to it's light like, it up. Uh, it's like those. <laughs> it's like the the dinosaurs in the Flintstones that just like worked as like a trash compactor. Like it's a living. Like that's <laughs> her version. Yeah. No. I. I. This movie was deranged. <laughs> that, it's it's nightmare stuff. It is. I will have nightmares tonight. Um, do we? We do have some questions. If y'all want, want yes. to ask, check in with the yes, please. Okay. Brock Cheek asks, which of the insects would you get along with best if you were stuck in the giant peach? Which would you try to vote off the peach? Ooh, um, uh, I think I would get along with uh, the grasshopper. Because mm-hmm. uh, I would enjoy his sage wisdom and his uh, his his violin riffs. Uh, maybe he could be like a part of um, uh, and, and yeah, I, I I I lost my train of thought, but yes, uh, <laughs> uh, vitamin string quartet, yes, and start playing like contemporary stuff. I'd be like really into that. So yeah, so that's. Who I would uh, bond with, and who I'd vote off, uh, I would say uh, the earthworm because thought I thought he was kind of annoying. Okay, Naomi. I actually, oh, I didn't even talk about something I found so funny about the earthworm is that the earthworm um, is wearing sunglasses because worms are blind. Yes. He reminds me of that shark from Toy Story. Oh, around. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I just like, I, I, I feel like I would have tried to vote out the centipede just because it's like, first of all, the man freaked out over food in a giant peach. Like, how am I supposed to trust him? But I would keep the grasshopper. I like Ladybug. Ladybug, when she like, when she beats, what does she do? She like fucks up somebody, and she's like, well, they weren't very dignified. And you're like, okay, all right, justify the violence. I get it. But that was really funny to me. Um, and I have to say that, like, I just think me and Miss Ladybug would be a vibe. We would be besties. Yeah, no, I, I'm here to protect the Ladybug as well. Um, and then also, I would push the centipede because he got us lost in the Arctic. Like, and I, I don't know. I don't trust the centipede. Sure. Like, he's fun. He's probably a fun hang for, like, five minutes, and then he gets on your nerves. That's my thought process. Um but I also have another question from the winner of Survivor New Zealand, Thailand. Lisa wants to know, I've always oh. thought James and the Giant Peach was one of Roald Dahl's weakest books, but I also used to hate the giraffe, the Pelly and me, until I recently reread it, so I'm now downing myself. Where do you rank it in the Roald Dahl over? I don't know how to say this word. O-V-U-V-R-E. Au I think that this the story is not as bad as this movie. I think that the movie shows that short stories are meant to be short. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what Roald Dahl does succeed at in a lot of his stories is creating a world that you can visualize. And what I think this movie kind of uh, struggles with is that the parts of the world that involve just like being in the air or being in the ocean are boring unless something action-wise is happening. And even then, it's still kind of boring. Like, also, the depiction of New York City in this movie is insane. Like, I get that it's supposed to be stylized, but, like, it's 58. It's not, like, 32, you know? Like, they yeah. made it look like, you know, like, 
jazz flappers are supposed to be coming out of speakeasies in two minutes. You know, I, I just, I don't understand. Uh, but Lisa, come on, my car is robbed. Lisa, oh, I was like, who's Lisa come on Mike White? And I was like, oh, it took me a second. We love Mike White was robbed. Uh, I don't have any further questions. So do we want to get into like some of the usual shenanigans we have here? Or does anyone have any final thoughts on this movie overall? No, I think we've given it enough time. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, Naomi, why don't you start us off? What score are you giving? Or are we doing scores last? Oh, we can give it a we can go to two scores first. I gave it a three on Letterboxd. My review is uh, let me pull it up. Um, Just for context, know. our lowest score so far for Naomi it's a one on Sort Little. For me, it is a point five on Sort Little. <laughs> I can go first if you're still pulling up your score. No, Naomi. I got it. So I gave okay. it three stars uh, because I think the animation is very good. And that's it. And I said, animation good, plot bad, peach juicy. I mean, like calling by a name, it was also, this was also a story about kids in a peach. I have to say, I do think that besides James, all of the, uh, all of the acting performances are good. And I, you know, I think that given what they're working with, the two ants, like, do uh, create really good villains. They're just like bad villains in terms of storytelling. But I do think that they, are they're it's not their fault that these worlds are weird like they're doing a great job for sure and jc so wait naomi what is your score for three out of five yeah a three out of five 2.5 out of five fine you bullied me wow no but your score on letterbox is out of 10 right oh no it's, it's out of it's out of five stars oh you gave it a three naomi are you okay Blink twice. I just Anyways. put on the energy to hate this as much as I hated this movie, <laughs> you know? MJC, what do you give this score? Um, I... Uh, I'll give it... I, I, I'll give it a two. Um, it, you know... I, there's, like, a part of me that, like, kind of likes the songs, and so, like, I'm glad that it is a musical. Um, I think that it's, like weirdly quotable in like a way that like it's just like because everyone's like has like wacky voices and it's like fun to like kind of uh repeat some of the lines uh yeah it's it's a mess it's a nightmare stuff it's a fever dream um but like i don't know it's 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 fine <laughs> it's a two out of five for me Y'all are too kind. I gave this a 0.25. This was worse than Sort Little for me. Whoa! <laughs> I was bored to tears. I was like, what are we even doing here? Like, I don't even know. So That's that, true. That, I would say objectively, it is, is the, it is the most boring of the films that we've watched. Okay. There we go. Like, Sort Little, at least I had, like, interesting questions. These questions are like, why? Like, <laughs> like why, like, why little, God I was thinking about us? Yeah. Yes. So um, up next, we're going to do our MVP and our Dropkick Awards. I, uh, I, well, I also have to say the one, the other thing that I think is good about this movie, I think the set design, besides the New York City set, is very good. The like early on set design and the visuals, I think, are are very good. Oh yeah, time. visually, I feel like this is like better than it should have been, yeah. like for what I expected. If I'm being honest. So, MJC, as our guest, do you want do you want to go first for our 
uh, guest MVP? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. And you can give you can give two. You can give no, two. No, no, no. I know who I'll give my MVP to. My MVP uh goes to uh Pete Postlethwaite's character, uh who I called earlier uh not Slugworth. <laughs> not Slugworth, perfect. The uh the guy who mysteriously knows who James is and gives him the the, the crocodile tongues. Uh right. and it like closes the story out like unbelievably i guess he's the narrator the entire time but yeah uh yeah I, i'm giving it to uh the uh the the, the fake the fake slug love that naomi do you know who you're giving your mvp to i'm giving it to the grasshopper i think he has the best song in the whole thing i think that he is uh, a fun character um and I guess if I had to give the other MVP, it would be uh, to the centipede because I think that's also a very funny character. Even though I don't fuck with him, I think he is like a good character. Um, and also, he finally gets that compass. You know, yeah, he got tortured for the compass. I gave my MVP to the rhino because they tried to end this movie <laughs> thirty minutes earlier than it ended, and failed. So I'm upset, but they at least tried. Whereas. My dropkick award is to the centipede because he made me waste 10 more minutes in the Arctic because he got lost. So that's just wow. like my personal petty reasons. But yeah, <laughs> on on paper, the centipede is not the worst character in this movie. He's just the one I wanted to dropkick during uh, my experience. Okay, so are Naomi, ready who to would... the dropkick award? I think we all know who we're going to say. Oh, I just said the centipede. Oh, really? MJC, are you with me about with who I'm about to say deserves dropkick award? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I maybe. <laughs> well, let's say it at the same. Let's count down. Ready? One, two, three. James. James. James is our dream dropkick. That little motherfucker. Oh my god. Who did MJC say? I picked uh, uh, Ant Spiker. Spiker. Okay. Bro, dropkick James. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, James is my Get backup. <laughs> James is my backup, honestly. Um, but. Uh, the centipede took too long and the answer too obvious. So, but yeah, so that about wraps up our regular segments. Do we have any other discussion topics that y'all want to hit on for this movie or should we, should we start winding this down? Um, I, I just want to say that if you've made it this far, watch Coraline. Coraline is a beautiful movie. It's really, really well done and it's for kind of more adults um, and I think that what James and the Giant Peach wishes it was, Coraline is. And I think Coraline is like a fantastic movie that everybody should watch. I've never seen Coraline. I, I Felipe, I got to tell you, if, if you want to, you got to watch it. So good. Okay. All right. What if I'm bored to tears? Can I blame you? No, because you would be wrong. Because <laughs> okay. Bro, Matt, blame you yourself. Me. I got mad at you. Look at the beer. So suck it. You, um, you got him to watch Boogie Nights. Yeah, baby, he texted me about it. Uh, what did he? What did he put lo- uh, to watch in four years instead? What did you convince him to watch instead? I don't know. What, well, what did he? He watched Boogie Nights, and then I told him to start watching Mike Mills' um, uh, filmography. Mike Mills is the guy who did Beginners and Twentieth Century Women. Also, a wonderful director. Also, a film recommendation from Naomi to you, my friends and listeners. Love that. <laughs> Uh, MJC, what do you have going on? Tell us about interesting cats. Yeah, uh, new uh, new podcast that I'm starting. Uh, it's called Interesting Cats. Um, 
the way that I'm the way that I'm pitching it is that it's uh, mostly an interview podcast, but there's also uh, an opportunity for people that you've heard on a lot of podcasts um, to talk about something that they don't normally talk about on a podcast, and I will give them uh, kind of the the space to. Um, either teach me about something or uh, engage in a conversation with me about something that like I know also. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't want to uh, spoil who is going to be the uh, first guest, but uh, uh, I have uh, been uh, in contact with this person. And uh, I think that this person is, is going to be uh, a great uh a great first guest. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh, I cannot say when uh, the episode will come out because uh, said person is a very busy person and (laughs) we have not gone to the scheduling phase yet, but um, I think it's going to be uh, great fun. And uh, I was telling Felipe earlier that, um, you know, I, 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 I'm taking the lessons that I learned uh, the first time and trying to make this uh, better and make this into like, just like a, a, a podcast I can be very proud of. Uh, and that includes, um, you know, not being, I, I did a lot of with, with pilot season. Uh, I did a lot of kind of negative thought when it comes to like, Oh, like this person wouldn't want to be on the podcast. So I'm not even going to ask them. Where, like, I, I think with this one, I'm just going to, like, shoot my shot a little bit more and, like, ask people, and the worst thing I can say is no. Uh, but, like, also, a lot of people in this community are, like, completely thirsty to be on podcasts. Like, they they, they, want, they want to be on podcasts. Like, they're probably going to say yes. So, I don't know. Just, like, I think I'm going to be more proactive about inviting people onto podcasts. And I will say right now that speaking of inviting people onto podcasts, the two of you... I would like to thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Naomi fell out of her chair. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh hilarious. Um, well, oh, Felipe, I, first of all, I'm just, I can't wait to listen to whatever this podcast is. And I hope that one day you'll get the courage to ask me to be on it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're there yet. Now. And I just want to say that um, I just wanted to say that you can listen to me. I will be on Ang in there, um, the lovely Ang pod, Ang podcast, Avatar podcast from Pocho Recast with Jacob and Zach, an iconic podcasting duo. I have to say, and when Avatar's over, if they don't get another show, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. So let's start that right now because they deserve it. Um, but I can't wait to, for people to listen to that episode. It is deranged. It is so much fun. Um, and yeah, like thank you, Felipe, for having us again and hosting us because I am so glad we're back in the movie theater for Naomi. Yes. Um, and then you can hear me. I haven't done a ton of podcasting with this move, but uh, I we did a What You Doing this week. Um, no snitch tagging is what we said on that podcast. So don't t- tweet at people who may not have listened to the podcast yet if we talk about them. Uh, and then secondly, uh, a few weeks ago, I got the incredible opportunity to do a Latinx representation on reality TV podcast on RHAP. And yeah, check that out if you haven't yet. Um, great. 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, and do we have a hashtag for this one? Uh, <laughs> stop being a giant beach. Peach? <laughs> yes, stop being a giant beach. Love that. Great creativity, Naomi. And until next time, uh, roll credits. I don't know. We need a catchphrase to end the. End the-